This is Ron Stockton. I have four stories for you. They're meant to be entertaining. They're called Bad Hair Day, Crazy Lady on the Phone, A Halloween Misadventure, and Gato's Halloween. I hope you like them. Let's start with Bad Hair Day. I once visited my sister and her family in Tennessee. My brother-in-law decided that we should go out and eat. We went to a local steak restaurant, which had nice food. When the bill came, I said I would cover the tip. Alas, I only had a $20 bill, way too much for the tip. I excused myself and walked up to the cashier. She was an attractive young woman, dressed quite pleasantly. However, it quickly became obvious that she was not in a good mood. Whatever the cause, she was definitely having a bad hair day. Uh, could I have change for this $20, please? She was gruff, greatly inconvenienced, as if I had asked her to change the oil in my car. How do you want it? Uh, a ten and two fives. I paused, a bit put off by her unpleasant manner. I remembered a confidence scam from the old 1973 movie Paper Moon. My inner imp emerged. So I said flippantly, or two tens and a five. I half expected her to chuckle and relax, but there was a definite frown on that nice face, as if I had asked her to rotate the tires. She escalated her gruffness. Make up your mind. My inner imp totally in charge at this point. I decided to go for it. Well, two tens and a five. Royally irritated, she put out two tens and a five from the cash register and slapped them down on the counter. That was not service with a smile. That frown had turned into a serious scowl. I was incredulous that the scam had worked for someone other than Ryan O'Neill and Tatum O'Neill. I decided to reveal the secret. I point to the bills. Do you see what you gave me? Two tens and a five. She was on the verge of moral outrage at her difficult customer, as if I had added a demand that she wash the car. She totally missed the point. Well, that's what you asked for. I try to lighten up the situation. It was a joke. Two tens and a five or $25. She looked down counted silently, grabbed the money as if I was about to snatch it and run out of the restaurant. She put it back in the cash register, then threw down a 10 and two fives. She refused at this point even to pretend to be someone, to be nice to someone who had already asked her to change the oil, rotate the tires, wash his car, and break a $20 bill, and on top of it, tried to short her out of $5. She was enraged at my lack of any moral sense. She looked me directly in the eye, and I will be responsible for the missing money. I took the money and said, thank you. I did not even consider complaining to the manager. Whatever it was, that young lady had enough problems for one day. Okay, here's the second story. I call this one crazy lady on the phone. The phone rings. I walk from the living room into the kitchen and answer it. Me, hello? A female voice. Could I speak to Elmer Kreitz? There's no one here with that name. But this is his telephone number. I'm sorry, you have the wrong number. No, I don't. This is his number. I'm trying to be kind, but insistent. I'm sorry, there's no one here by that name. You need to double check that number. She insists. I politely say goodbye. I hang up. Five minutes later, the phone rings again. Hello, could I speak to Elmer Kreutz? 
I'm being kind because I once called the wrong number twice in a row and was very embarrassed. You have called the same number. There's no one here by that name. But this is his number. The number here is XXX. I told her my number. There's no one here named Elmer Kreutz. Yes, there is. That's his number. I have it written right down here. I'm trying to be nice. Then you wrote it incorrectly. I'm sorry. I can't help you. She's really irritated and very insistent, as if I'm intentionally trying to cause her trouble. I know he is there. This is his number. Please let me talk to him. I'm trying to let her down gently, but I realize there's no future in this relationship. I'm sorry. There was no one here by that name. Goodbye. Three minutes later, the phone rings again. I'm not a happy camper as I pick it up. I'm halfway between angry and world-weary. Hello? Could I speak to Elmer Kreutz? I told you, madam, you have the wrong number. Goodbye. Ten minutes later, the phone rings a fourth time. I'm thinking about just putting it down and leaving it off the hook, but I decide to answer it. Hello. Hello, this is the operator. I have a call for Elmer Kreutz. Is he there? I've decided that this has gone far enough, and perhaps if I play my cards right, I can send this crazy lady over the edge and get her committed so that she will leave me alone. So I say... This is Elmer Kreutz speaking. The crazy lady in the background starts shouting, No, no, that's not him. That's not Elmer. Make him put Elmer on the phone. The operator pauses. She's silently analyzing the situation. She knows there's something wrong. Thank you, sir. I think we have a wrong number. End of story. Well, considering that I've told you two stories now about women, maybe you would like to hear one about the other gender, i.e. myself. I have two Halloween stories for you. This is the first one. It's a confession of sorts. Back when I was 17 and seriously lacking in anything resembling common sense or good judgment, I used to hang out with some friends. They were good people and are still good people, but they were also 17 and lacking common sense or good judgment. One Halloween, one of the guys, I'll not say which, came up with a cunning plan. He was aware of a place in our town that had an outhouse. I'm not sure if it was still in use, but whatever its status, he suggested that it should be on its side. Now, I should tell you that in those days, there was a tradition of guys like us tipping over outhouses. It was seen as good fun. Well, fun for the lads tipping over the outhouse, not good fun for the person whose outhouse got tipped over, especially if it was in use. Anyway, we decided to do the deed. I wish I could say that I had gotten in with a bad gang and had yielded to peer pressure, but that would not be convincing for any of the other guys. So let's just say that I was with the crowd when we did this. When that tower fell, so to speak, we ran like heck. The owner of the house was instantly aware of what happened and chased us for a time, but we were a couple decades younger and outran him. Why am I telling you this? Well, the statute of limitations is in effect, so it is unlikely that any of us could be prosecuted. Plus, years later, when I was a homeowner, one of the local lads threw an egg at our house on Halloween. Uh, That was the alternative tradition to egg a house. Ironically, I had just been out for a run around the neighborhood. That was when I was much younger and did that sort of thing a few times a week. I was standing in the shadows of the house, cooling down, when the deed happened. I chased the lad down the street and captured him. He was the good friend of my son, just out to have a little fun. I dragged him back, and my outraged wife, ever the mother, upholding proper standards, insisted that he show up the next day, that would be Saturday, to clean off the egg. 
He did, and I stood with him in silent penance, knowing that I should have been up there with him, cleaning off one side of the window to compensate for the outhouse I'd once tipped over. Is there a lesson in this story? Well, indeed there is. The lesson is that if someone 17 or so does something bad, don't be too hard on him. It is possible that someday he will have developed some common sense and good judgment and might actually make a contribution to society, as, in fact, that young man who egged my house did. Okay, here is the uh, final story. It's a Halloween story about my tomcat, Gato, also known in the family as the King of the Cats. Gato was named in honor of that children's song, Senor Don Gato. I hope you know that song. If you don't, you had a deprived childhood. And if you have a child in your life, make sure that the child does not have a deprived childhood. Teach them that song. Would you like to hear the song? You would? Okay, here it goes. Pardon my bad singing. Senor Don Gato was a cat. On a high red roof, Don Gato sat. He went there to read a letter, meow, meow, meow. Where the reading light was better, meow, meow, meow. It was a love note for Don Gato. I adore you, wrote the lady cat, who was fluffy, white, and nice and fat. There was not a sweeter kitty, meow, 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 in the country or the city, meow, meow, meow. And she said she'd wed Don Gato. Oh, Don Gato jumped so happily. He fell off the roof and broke his knee. Broke his ribs and all his whiskers, meow, meow, meow. And his little solar plexus, meow, meow, meow. Ay caramba, cried Don Gato. When the doctors all came on the run, just to see if something could be done, and they held a consultation, meow, 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 about how to save their patient, meow, 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 how to save Senor Don Gato. But in spite of everything they tried, poor Senor Don Gato up and died. Oh, it wasn't very merry, meow, 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 going to the cemetery, meow, 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 for the ending of Don Gato. As the funeral passed the market square, such a smell of fish was in the air. Though the burial was slated, meow, 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 he became reanimated, meow, meow, meow. He came back to life, Don Gato. That's a nice song, isn't it? Our Gato was a barn cat, literally. He was given to us by someone who was trying to find a home for him. Our boys were at home then, so Gato was a great addition to our family. He had a sister named Paca, which means cat in Swahili. Of course, Gato means cat in Spanish, so we were on a roll with names. When Paca died, we got another kitty. This one was called Pixel because she was small and black and white, and we had just gotten our first computer and had learned the word Pixel. Every morning, when we would come down the stairs, there would be socks at the bottom, which she had brought up from the basement laundry room. She was so pleased at what she had done for us. She would also pick up ping pong balls from downstairs. We had a ping pong table and carry them upstairs in her mouth. She would usually drop them two or three times in the effort, and they would go bouncing down the stairs, boing, 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 but she would never give up. Pixel was the only cat I ever knew who would do tricks. I would sit on the floor with my legs out and would snap my fingers, first on one side of the legs and then the other. 
She would jump across my legs and stand there delighted as I petted her and praised her for her brilliance. Then I would snap again and she would jump to the other side. When she got kidney failure and died, it was very hard on us. But back to Gato. He was always a bit wild, but in a good way. Once he trapped a mouse in the backyard and played with him for half an hour. When the mouse would try to escape, Gato would smack him back into the circle of grass where he had trapped him. Of course, in the end, Gato got bored with the game and ate the mouse. Oh, don't get that look on your face. What did you expect him to do? He's a cat. Gato loved to sit on someone's lap and purr. Whenever I would sit down on the sofa to read, he would be right there beside me or on me. In time, he grew old and could no longer catch birds. In fact, he had to be helped up onto the sofa and he would always make a sad meow when he was picked up because of his arthritis. But he had a glorious life. Here's a story I wrote up some years ago. This has a little bit of reputation, so please be patient. Back in the 1990s, Halloween was a unique experience that I anticipated for weeks. I would sit on the front porch with a sack of candy waiting for the kids to arrive. Gato would sit there with me. He was gray and white and alley cat that we got when our sons were little. He was a unique and amazing cat, as all cats are. He died at the ripe old age of 21. There was nothing Gato liked better than sitting on the porch on Halloween evening, sitting there with the kids coming one after another. Gato was thrilled. Being a cat, he thought the kids had dressed up just for him. He would purr and rub against the railings in appreciation. One year, two little boys came for their candy. One about seven, one about five. I decided to have some fun with them. As the older one took his candy, I said, how do you like my dog's costume? He's dressed up like a cat for Halloween. The older boy looked at me as if I were trying to distract him from the real purpose of the evening. He grabbed his candy and walked away. The younger one just stood there, hesitant to come forward. Finally, he said, Mister, does that dog bite? A little while later, two more boys came by, again an older one and a smaller one. I thought to myself, if that worked once, maybe it will work again. I repeated my question about the dog dressed in a cat costume. Again, the older boy took his candy and marched away, but this time the younger one walked around the side of the porch to get an alternative perspective on this strange-looking dog. As he walked away, he said to his mother, Mom, that's a dog. Mom was mildly perturbed that her son had been led astray. No, it's not. It's a cat. The boy was very excited. No, Mom, it's a dog. The mom was now irritated. It's a cat. The boy was insistent, determined, trusting. I would not lie to him, would I? No, Mom, it's a dog. I may have ruined that little boy's life forever, making him think dogs could look exactly like cats. Maybe it took years of therapy for him to reconnect with reality. Or maybe I expanded the parameters of his imagination. Maybe someday some famous scientist or writer will come by, introduce himself, and say that had it not been for my dog-cat trick, I played on him that Halloween so many years ago. He would never have developed his sense of creativity and would never have become the famous person he is now, making such great contributions to humanity. We live in hope for the best outcome. Well, that's it. Thanks for listening.